The U.S. men smashed Cuba 6-0, and they are now in the semifinals of the Gold Cup, squaring off against Jamaica. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, another hot weekend and in, in a hot summer, and the Gold Cup is down to its final week. And, uh, you know, after run, running up and down 995 this past weekend, uh, it was a great, great set of quarterfinal matches, and obviously the U.S. won. They took care of business, and then we had some pretty wild uh, endings, wild matches mm-hmm. on Sunday. Both matches pretty crazy, especially that Mexico-Costa Rica ending. Look, the atmosphere at the U.S. game looked pretty awesome, Ivis. The one at the Mexico-Costa Rica game, which you were at, that, that looked great. Um, it, and I saw the viewership. I mean, it, it just goes to show me, dude, the Gold Cup has been just awesome this year so far. No, it's 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 been a good tournament. I mean, I think the knockout rounds... Uh, the group stages they they were pretty flat in some ways. Uh, some of the groups were a little a little bland, but I think now this quarterfinal set of quarterfinal matches were great. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Cuba that was always going to be a blowout, uh, but the Jamaica Haiti game was a, a great, tightly contested game. Uh, probably from top to bottom, arguably the best game um, for my money. Uh, and then obviously you had Mexico, Costa Rica battle it out. Mexico was the better team, but still it took a really bad call. To yeah. give them the, the give them the decisive goal, uh, and then you had earlier in the day you had Panama against Trinidad and Tobago in, in a in a wild penalty shootout finish that went to the ninth round of penalties. Jaime Pinedo coming up big, he's the hero. Uh, so yeah, no great stuff all around. Yeah, and especially with the U.S. team who are now in the semifinals, uh, they took care of business against Cuba. Ives. We expected this result. The U.S. needed to go out. They did what they needed to do. And and for the U.S. and for a lot of players, I was, this, is good, this is a good confidence booster uh, with a 6-0 victory over Cuba. It went pretty much as well as you could have hoped if you're Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, they, they didn't take Cuba for granted. They didn't overlook them. They didn't uh, allow a, a slow start to put them in a tough spot. They, they scored early, and they scored often. Uh, and they also pitched a shutout. The defense, uh, he tried it out once again. He tried it out Tim Chandler and Ventura Alvarado. Uh, this time, though, uh, they were able to keep goals off the board. Cuba really didn't didn't stand much of a chance. I mean, they had a few looks, they had a few chances, but uh, nothing too crazy. In the U.S., they walk away with a, the kind of win that you know it is should provide a bit of a confidence boost. Mm-hmm. Not because oh, you know, they're surprised they beat Cuba, but just being able just to get that feeling of scoring goals. And 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 Clint Dempsey, obviously, his first career hat trick for the national team. Uh, that's big. He's been on fire. And Aaron Johansson with that beautiful chip goal over yeah. the goalkeeper. I mean, that's got to boost your confidence as well. So, you know, a lot of good takeaways from the match. But let's be real, folks. Cuba, the weakest team in the quarters by a mile. Uh, the test is going to be much tougher on Wednesday in Atlanta when they play Jamaica. Especially right with the confidence. I mean, for a guy like Aaron Johansson, I have a suit who's... Look, he, he did score against Denmark earlier this year, and, he, and he's starting to show flashes. And getting that goal for him, even including... Um, Zardis in there as well. I mean, his second goal this this year for him. Um, just getting the young guys on the scoring sheet. I mean, that, that's just so huge for the U.S. men's national team and what Jurgen Klinsmann is trying to do by introducing these guys along with the veterans. It, it just it seems like a healthy mix between what you're seeing with the older guys and the younger guys. I mean, everyone's contributing at every single level right now. Yeah, I mean, again, I got you. You don't want to get too crazy overthinking the result against Cuba because it's Cuba. I mean, if anything, and of course. If anything, you want to look look at that kind of match with a bit of a more discerning eye and, and maybe be a little more critical. I mean, for me, someone like Jossie Zardes, 
you know, he, he could have done a lot more in that game. I mean, he, he needs to get sharper. And, and I think it, he as much confidence as he's grown uh, gained over the last few games and as much of an impact as he's making, I, I think at times you see the kind of naivete. Uh, he's still a bit naive tactically and, and some of the deci- decision making he needs to work on. But still, you like what you, you like to see. Uh, a player like Zardis continuing to kind of come along. And Aaron Johansson, I'll tell you what, Aaron Johansson looks like a very good option starting next to Clint Dempsey. Yes, he does. Um, he moves well. He he, he combines well. Uh, he, he he obviously can take a goal well. Uh, by rights, he should have two goals. Uh, there was that one offside goal that, that he was cheated out of in the group stage. So he's looking good. He's feeling confident. And, you know, when you, when Josie Alcador didn't really show up in the group stages, you were curious, you know, who would step up. And Johansson looks like the guy who's ready to take full advantage of that. Well, and Aaron Johansson had the assist on Omar Gonzalez's goal, too. I mean, he was, he was dangerous all over the field. We got to talk about the back line, though. Uh, for guys like Timmy Chandler-Ivis and Ventura Alvarado, we've seen them have their fair share of mistakes so far throughout the Gold Cup. For, so for these guys, and just the whole back line as a unit, to walk off the field, even though it's against Cuba, but still, to walk off the field with the shutout, I mean, these guys had to be feeling pretty good about themselves when they go and face Jamaica in the next match. Well, that's the question, you know. Yes, they pitched the shutout. They avoided any crazy mistakes, even though against Cuba there were a couple of blown assignments. I mean, I can recall at least a couple that Ventura Alvarado, you know, he kind of got caught slipping a bit. And against a better team, the chances would have gotten converted. Um, but having said that, you know, how much can you really take away from this game? Uh, say if you're Jurgen Klinsmann and you're coming down to make your decision on who you're going to start against uh, against. Uh, Jamaica, um, are you putting a ton of weight in this game? Did you already know who you were going to start, uh, regardless of how this game was going to go? And that's what—that's what this is the tricky part right now. Does he go? And, and it, I feel like this question has been asked throughout the tournament. Does he go with youth, or does he turn to his veterans to close out the tournament for him? That—that's—that's uh, that's going to be the real question mark. You know, he—he's uh, talked a lot about wanting to give these young guys chances, and I don't think the Cuba game was necessarily him. You know trying to work out some of the kinks with some of the young guys. I, you could almost argue maybe he wanted to send some of these guys out on a, on a positive note. And that, and that's why he, you know, he gave them this Cuba game where, you know what, chances were they weren't going to get that tested. Uh, and now they've got that game under their belts. They can leave on a, on a happy note. And now we get to the serious game, semifinals and final, and now he'll call on the veterans. Now that's a sensible approach, right? That's a pretty practical approach. But again, we're talking Jurgen Klinsmann, and Klinsmann's not afraid to gamble. Klinsman was not afraid to tr- not afraid to try things, and I actually just finished a column for uh, uh, Gold.com that that's going to drop on Tuesday morning, and I talk about his, you know, the, how much he's talked about wanting to give these young guys chances. And if you think about his track record, I mean, he in through his coaching career, he's done pretty well with giving young guys chances, so and having it work out. So if you have the track record he has, you can understand why he's maybe a little more willing to gamble. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I tell you what, that that Jamaica game, you know what? If he puts if he puts those if he puts Alvarado and Chandler out there, I mean they're going to be in for a long night, man. Mm-hmm. If they play, if they str- if they make the mistakes they've made earlier in the tournament, Jamaica's going to capitalize. But but here, okay, here's the thing though. So so let's say Jurgen goes with with the veteran guys, right? So Omar Gonzalez, you, you can check him. And then what? The the next guy's Tim Ream, and I and yes, I I, I understand that Tim Ream. Has, We're not talking Tim Ream. We're not okay, talking about. So then the other guy's John Brooks. Well, Brooks is, Brooks is looking saying, like he's going to be saying, the guy. No one's I, I saying know, we're gonna, they're not going to go in all veteran defense, okay, right? We're okay, not, that's okay. not happening. 
Okay. Brooks is pretty much locked in. We're talking about two guys here. We're talking about Ventura Alvarado and Timmy Chandler. John Brooks has been in the World Cup, played in the World Cup, scored in the World Cup. So that's that's a whole nother. He's in a, in his own category, right? Okay, I, I got he's, you. He's got in you. there. Okay. We're talking about Alvarado and we're talking about Chandler. Of course. Because those course. two guys, you know, they hadn't really started much at all lately. Uh, and, and now th- this last few months, they've really gotten forced into the lineup. And definitely in this tournament, they've gotten forced into the lineup. And Klinsman has clear-cut veteran options in, to, to replace them with. He has DeMarcus Beasley that he can slide into left back, move Fabian, Fabian Johnson to right back. And obviously he has Omar Gonzalez to play in front of Ventura Alvarado. That's going to be what it comes down to. It's really an e- in either-or situation. And, and I'm curious to see which way he goes. Because really, he could go either way. You could maybe even see Brad Evans out there. You know, I'm not going to write that off. That, uh, that could I, I legitimately think, happen. I mean, steady veteran in the back. You know what you're going to expect. Yeah, but you know what? Here's my thing. Uh, I would rather have Beasley, Fabian Johnson, than Fabian Johnson, Brad Evans. That's just my opinion. I think, I just think that, you know, I know, look, we all know Brad, Brad Evans scored the goal in Jamaica to beat Jamaica and qualifying. We get that. We all remember that. But uh, I don't know, man. I just, that, I just that, think, Well, that's not why I'm including him in there. I'm including him in because... He's from Arizona. No, that's 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 not <laughs> that's not why at all. I mean, come on, look, Brad Evans, he's going to be consistent for ninety minutes. He that's the thing. He, Timmy I, Chandler's he, high risk, high reward. That's the thing. Low, I don't, I don't disagree. I disagree. I mean, I there's a reason he fell out of the picture in the first place last year because he did struggle in a lot of his games at, at right back, and he hasn't really of played course. right back in a while. After DeAndre Edlin took that spot, and now this year Tyrone Mears has that spot. He doesn't have as many reps at the position. Uh, so for me, Demarcus Beasley, who this year has been one of the best left backs in MLS, why not plug him in? The guy's got four World Cups, a hundred plus caps. He's a veteran. He's been through it all. He still has the wheels to deal with Jamaica, and Jamaica has wheels on the flanks. They're gonna they're gonna work both those wings. I can tell you that right now. They're gonna you know Simon Dawkins is gonna float into those into those channels. Joby McEnough is gonna float into those channels. They have weapons to deal to to cause problems on the flanks and. You know what? Whether it's, I, I would say it like this. I would feel I would actually feel more comfortable with Brad Evans than Tim Chandler at this point. But if you're asking me who I think the best pairing would be, I still say it'd be Beasley Johnson. Look, all I'm saying is that Brad Evans played the second half in the U.S. against Cuba, Ivis, and the U.S. still had a shutout. That's all I'm saying. It's Cuba. They could have played you at right back, and I think they would have posted a shutout. That's, I mean, that probably would not happen. Uh, I think so, man. I think the other guys would have covered for you because I'm sure you would have gotten burnt. <laughs> I'm but, pretty sure uh, I would have gotten burnt a lot. <laughs> I know. Well, I run like, like a house tied to my back. <laughs> All right, hey, Brad. Look, nothing against Brad Evans, right? I mean, I think he like, yeah. he can get the job done. He's a veteran. Exactly. He, he understands. He the can position. come in for that game, do his job. I mean, he's, he's right. But he's, I still think Breezy's a better option. So, you know what? If you want, if you want, start for me. All right, fine. Start. You start out with Beasley and Johnson. And then second half, maybe you you know you 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 bring Evans in for for Beasley and so put Johnson back over. Maybe you go Beasley Evans and put Johnson in the midfield. That's all. That's another possibility. Could but do that. I just for me, I think if he puts Timmy Chandler in this game with and with Jamaica with the speed they have and the options they have, the midfielders they have, the forwards they have that can work those channels and the way they work on the counter, the way that Jamaica hits you on the break so quickly. And Timmy Chandler's uh, often uh, slow reaction to the de- to developing plays. I mean, I feel like it's a recipe for for disaster if he starts in this game. Um, having said all that, I guess he cleans him saying, you know what? I believe in this guy. I'm going to show him I believe in this guy. 
and I believe in Vincent Alvarado. They're my guys. They're my they're my defenders for 2018. I need to put them through the paces. Let them let them you know give them the baptism by fire, and we'll see what happens. But I, I don't know if it is if, it, if it's and I'm not the coach, and and but I do think I, I think a lot I think most would agree with me that I think the better bet is to go with the veterans right now. Well, following the conclusion of the U.S.-Cuba game played on the same field was Haiti versus Jamaica. And, uh, look, Haiti was a team that was very talented, Ivis. They had their chances, but Jamaica scored an early goal from Houston Dynamo striker Giles Barnes, and, and Jamaica held on for the 1-0 victory, and the U.S. now faced Jamaica in the quarterfinals. No, it was a good game, a very good game. And uh, credit to Jamaica. You know, they, they, they played well. They were organized. Now, Haiti, I got to say, even though they're out of this tournament, I thought they played a great tournament. I mean, for what was expected of them, I thought they exceeded expectations, obviously, in the group stage. And in this game, they pushed Jamaica. I mean, you could argue they had they had the better chances. They did. Um, they just can't it, finish. It, 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 well, they did. I mean, also, there were some saves, too. I mean, the goalkeeper goalkeeper for Jamaica did, had himself a good game. Ryan Thompson, he made four saves. Uh, he did well. Um, but, you know, when you just overall, I mean, when you look at, at the way the game played out, basically, Haiti really tried to dictate... Uh, dictate the tempo, and, and they did a good job of it. They they really had the ball a lot. I think they dominated possession. I think it was like six. It was like sixty-two to thirty-seven. Uh, actually, looking at the stats now, yeah, they had the sixty-two to thirty-seven edge of possession. They they had the the, sharp, the crisper passing, eighty-three percent uh, passing to Jamaica's seventy-six percent. They had four hundred twenty-seven passes to J- uh, Jamaica's two hundred sixty-seven. However, what Jamaica was able to do again is it hit you on the counter. Once they got Joby McEnough in space, Giles Barnes in space, hitting balls deep to those guys and to let them run on them and really cause problems for Haiti's defense, that's where they were able to excel. And that's why they actually ended up having more shots on target than Haiti. They actually had six shots to, on target to Haiti's four, even though Haiti outshot them 28 to 12. A lot of the shots were totally pointless on Haiti's part. And a lot of times they settled for some bad shots. Well, we saw, we saw, uh, that's the same Haiti team that we saw against the U.S. I mean, that's that was their story, obviously. I mean, they get to the final third, and they, it's a train wreck for them every single time they get there. All right. They, yeah, they, they have the midfield quality. They need the forward quality. Now, as far as Jamaica goes, I like, I'll tell you what, man. They, they have the defense that's, that, that can cause some problems. And they definitely have the attack. They have the speed and attack and on the counter to cause problems for the U.S. So from a matchup standpoint... It's going to be a very tough matchup, and this is definitely going to be the toughest match that they will have played once they get to this semifinal. Uh, Jamaica, for me, Giles Barnes is better than anybody they have faced to this point. No offense to Blas Perez or Luis Tejada. Um, you know, or these other teams just didn't have a forward like Giles Barnes, and that's why, for me, man, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm coaching this team, I'm putting Omar Gonzalez back there and John Brooks back there. Omar Gonzalez is familiar with Giles Barnes, play, has played with it, against him a few times. Demarcus Beasley's his teammate, so you know he knows him. Uh, so I think that that would be the better matchup, especially against the Jamaica team. But we'll see what Klinsman does. Well, on Sunday in the other semifinals games, Mexico defeated Costa Rica one to zero on a extremely controversial late penalty call in stoppage time in the second overtime. I was it doesn't get any worse than that. What would have been a wonderful game is now surrounded. And in uh, what has been just a horrible call, we're talking about the referee, which is never a good thing. And uh, look, it, it it just ruined what what was a really great game. Yes, it, it was absolutely a terrible call at the end of the game, and I'll be the first to take full blame for it because yes, <laughs> for those it. who follow me on Twitter, I jinxed this game because I, I I praised the referee right and Walter Lopez. I gotta say, the Guatemalan referee, he's relatively young. I mean, he looks younger than he is. He's actually thirty five, but you know. 
when you want to talk about international referees at that level, you know, 35 is relatively young. But, you know, he's a guy who's he's a referee who's impressed me in the past. He's, he, he, can, he does a pretty good job of, of, of kind of keeping things under control, um, dealing with hostile situations, making good calls. Uh, but, of course, as soon as I dropped that tweet, the guy just fell apart. I mean, he should have called a red card on Oribe, uh, Oribe Peralta uh, and in the second half on a scissor take, scissor kick challenge. And then, obviously, on the on the decisive penalty kick in extra time, uh, in extra time of extra time, <laughs> added time of extra time, like the last kick, last moment of the game, um, shockingly bad decision. Uh, and it came down to the assistant referee, the linesman. The assistant referee made the call, and Lopez, you know, backed that decision. And, you know, I, I haven't looked into this and I haven't inquired about this, but I did find it interesting that the assistant referee who made the decisive call, he's American. He's yes. an American. He's an American. He's, he's worked in the World Cup. Uh, so, you know, the guy's got a little bit of credentials. Now, what I'm curious about is why was it that you had the Guatemalan referee working with the American assistant referees? And, and, you have to wonder if that is an ideal kind of partnership, or if she, or if you should have a referee working with his, the assistant referees that he's familiar with. I thought, I thought that was an interesting decision. Um, so for me, you know, you wonder how much that played a role in things. But getting back to the game, Mexico, as much as you hate them, as much as it feels like Christmas came early for them, as much as it feels like uh, Concacaf gave them a gift in that result, they were the better team. Let's be honest. They were the better team. They created the better chances. They created many more chances. They played the better soccer. Costa Rica defended well. They stayed organized. They kept numbers back. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they they did they did what they do. But I don't know if anyone can look at this game and say, "Oh, well, Mexico was you know they didn't play well enough to deserve this game." They played well enough. They they wasted tons and tons of chances, but they played well enough. So at the end of the day, if you look at this game and you say. Mexico was significantly better. Yes, the call was horrible, but you know, at the end of the day, if the if the significantly better team wins the game, I, you know what? Can you really have that much? For <laughs> oh, come on, I mean, you can't say that. I'm just that's saying, too easy you know, to say. It, the better that, that's team too won. easy. The yeah, better but that's yeah, but it shouldn't end in in something. I like agree. That, I totally agree. But you know what? I would put it to you like this: I have much less of a problem if the much better team wins with a controversial call. Then if the terrible team that just bunkered, and I'm not saying Coach Street was terrible, but I'm just saying uh, if the team that you know didn't didn't really try to play and that really was just defend and counter, defend and counter, uh, didn't have much of the ball, didn't have many chances, if that team wins on a bad play, then it you, then you then it feels like more of an injustice. Yeah, of course. See, for American fans, it, it, the fact that it was Mexico getting a break, you hate that. Uh, and there's got to be it's got and it's interesting that the guy who made the call is American. So. I, I know, right? By my count now, if there is if they're making a Mount Rushmore like uh, monument to to American soccer heroes, American heroes of Mexican soccer. So far, you have Graham Zusi and now you have this assistant referee. So, uh, you know what? Uh, they, they should start working on that. <laughs> what state would that be in, though? No, this would be in Mexico. They put <laughs> oh, Mexico. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> But in Tijuana, because then all the a lot of Americans could visit it. Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous! Um, look, well, Mexico's in the, in the quarterfinals. Concacaf get, gets what they want. Ivis, all, all's right at the end of the day. Well, that's the thing that's a little fishy, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you have the Georgia Dome for the semifinals. 
you want to be able to fill it. Uh, if Mexico is not in it, will you be able to fill it? So you can understand the conspiracy theories and why there's going to be conspiracy theories the way that ended. I mean, I w- I'll say this. I got to give a lot of credit to Costa Rica manager Paulo Anchope because the guy showed tons and tons of class uh, to not get sucked into uh, ripping the referees and, and, and taking the bait when asked about the call. And he really he really was a, he was a class act on that. He was a real gentleman. He, he avoided all that stuff. And he just was like, look, we're not going to make excuses. And Mexico played really well. Credit to them. Uh, you know, bad calls happen. And he, you know what? He took it a lot better than most people would have taken it. I'd tell you that. Took it a lot better than Roy Miller. I mean, but, I mean, I mean you hate to expect. I mean, I, I feel for Roy Miller. I mean, that's just, for that to happen to you, I mean, I, you know, I think it's right for him to kind of go off a little bit at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it, what's funny to me is Mexican fans who are really trying to justify the play and act like, you know, oh, you know, it, it, it was a foul. Like, it was not a foul in any way, shape, or form. Oribe Peralta, like, con- tried to concoct uh, contact. He tried to make it look like contact occurred, and he sold it. He he sold it. And what I found funny was in the post-game press conference when, me, when Miguel Herrera was asked about it, uh, about the call, he proceeded to talk about other calls that were missed that Mexico should have got. He didn't talk about the play in question. He talked about plays that they should have got. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. And then eventually he's like, well, you know, it, we need to see a replay. If we see a replay, then, then we'll have a better idea. Um, but I'll tell you what. I saw the replay multiple times. I did not see a foul. I, I did not see a, a penalty. Um, I did see what should have been a red card on Oribe Peralta. So not only should he have not gotten the penalty call, you can definitely make the case for the fact that he shouldn't have even been on the field. He should have been yeah. sent off. Well, the other thing uh, too is, but, yeah, but the other thing too is, at some point in in these type of matches, you have to let both teams play too. I mean, it has to be something significant for you to call. I mean, you don't want to be decided on a penalty in stoppage time in the second overtime. I mean, you got to let these guys play to a point. It, it's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I know some people say, look, a foul is a foul no matter when it happens. Mm, mm, you can't call the no. game differently if it's the final seconds of the match. Uh, I don't know, man. I. I, I I, 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 the, I can't. I can't. For me, it would have to be so blatant at exactly. that point. Exactly. That it, it, there's no question, and I don't know how he came away and saw that, and and decided that there was no question. And I know some people were ripping on the referee and just saying, "Well, he should have overruled it. He should have, you know, it, it, it should have been in his hands. How did he miss it?" And so my, like, I don't know. My my thing is this, right? Like, if he again, and it's it goes back to the whole idea of. You know, not working with working with assistant referees, maybe that you're not that familiar with. So here you are, Walter Lopez, your young referee, right? You're working with American uh, assistant referees who, you know, you you probably don't know that well, but you know that these guys have worked in the World Cup, right? You haven't. He, they have. They worked in the World Cup. Um, they make a call, and you're going to defer to them because you know what? They mm-hmm. they're experienced. They've worked in the World Cup. Um, I didn't see the play in question. So who am I to overrule? Like I, I'm going to respect my 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 teammates' decision there. Um, so I, I have no problem with him calling that, with him backing his guy. I really don't. Um, you know, you can definitely make the case for okay. Let's get some video replay in this in this thing, right? Let's get some video replay. If the referee had the had the had the you know the use of replay, would he have called it? Probably not. He probably looks at the replay and says, "No, nah, that's not contact. There's no penalty." But we're not there yet, folks. We're not at the point of being able to use replay. 
Um, I would I would say for plays that late in games that should absolutely be replay because that I mean you can't let a, a whole a, a mat, ninety minutes one hundred and twenty minute match be decided by a terrible late call. I just I just don't think that should ever happen. Well, in the other semifinal game, Panama outlasted Trinidad and Tobago on penalties, defeating them five to six. Um, you had tons of misses from both players on both sides. It was a pretty ugly penalty contest. Obviously, penalty shootout between both sides. Um, but look, P- P- Panama took care of business when they needed to, and, and they're facing Mexico in the quarterfinals now. Great game, great game. They um, credit to Panama. You know, they they even though they haven't technically won a game this tournament, uh, they've had all ties. But you know, they they've shown some good things. I, I think they're a team that, given the quality that they have coming up on the U twenty team, and given what we've seen in this tournament under Ruben Dario Gomez is their coach. I think they're, they're, they're a team that's heading in a pretty good direction. And the penalty shootout, obviously, once you get to the PK shootout, it's anyone's game. And, and what's funny is that Panama missed the first kick. I know. Panama missed the first penalty, and you're looking at that like, uh-oh, this, they're done, right? They're done. <laughs> and it, it's funny because he misses that kick shortly after I said, oh, I'm going with Panama on the penalties. Um, but you know what? Why are you such a jinx, man? Just what I do, man. You are, you are a major jinx, Ivis. My power, my power is behind your understanding. Uh, that's I it's amazing. That like you really are. Oh my god! Like it's 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 spooky. We need to be documenting this. I'm a warlock. I'm a warlock. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But <laughs> I'm a wizard. Um, no, but um, it, it's you know what? I would say this. Trinidad, they had their chances, man. Kenwin Jones, he did score a goal, but you know he could have had two or three goals, and uh, he didn't put him through. He didn't put. He didn't finish him. Uh, and at the end of the day, it was a very even game. But I think Panama. I think Panama was a better team. So I think I like that. You know, I think they. It was great to see them go through. Jaime Pinedo, fitting that almost 10 years to the day that he was in goal for Panama when they lost in penalty kicks to the U.S., he goes to the same city, not exactly the same stadium because they tore down Giant Stadium and now they have Men Life Stadium, but not too far from the same place where he played in that 05 final. Here he is in the Gold Cup, once again in a penalty shootout, once again in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and he comes through, uh, makes the the save, the final save, at the end, and and put them to put them through. And I tell you what, man, Jaime Pinedo, uh, obviously Galaxy fans know all about him. They love him. Uh, he's 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 a good. He's still a very good goalkeeper. And uh, you know what? He he's a guy. He's going to be key for them if they're going to have a chance to upset Mexico. They're going to need Pinedo to have himself a game. And he had one. Oh yeah, he was big time in the shootout. The quarterfinals will take place on Wednesday. In the Georgia Dome, as we mentioned, the U.S. will be taking on Jamaica. The one thing I was, we talked about, U.S. defense needs to stay solid against Jamaica. That being said, if Clint Dempsey, Aaron Johansson continue to perform, Alejandro Bedoya continues to progress as he gets back uh, to full fitness, I mean, the U.S. should and most likely will take care of business against Jamaica on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they will. They should. They should. I won't say they will. They should, but this is a tough one, man. This is tough because Jamaica's the kind of team that could put you in a hole early, and their defense could cause problems. And again, their goalkeeper's playing well. I just feel like the mat. If you know, other than obviously Mexico, this matchup is a really tough one for the for for the U.S. It really is. I mean, I think uh, whether it's the defense, which Jamaica's defense is pretty good, I got to say. I mean, Kamar, whoever whoever the U.S. lines up on the right wing in this game. So you're going to have a tough time against Kamar Lawrence of the Red Bulls. Kamar Lawrence quietly has been one of the best left backs in the league. I mean, he's been a revelation uh, for the Red Bulls. And now 
And the people who saw him in Copa, in Copa America with Jamaica, now people are seeing him in the Gold Cup. They're really starting to understand that this guy can play. He's going to be tough to deal with. Their back line's been tough. But more importantly, their attack is going to cause... And again, it depends on who Klinsman puts in his starting lineup. But whoever he puts in there, I think Jamaica's going to find some chances. So I, I think it's going to go both go either way. It's going to mm-hmm. go back and forth. But the U.S. will win. I think the, the U.S. attack is, is going to... I think Dempsey will find a goal. Johansson will find a goal. And I think we'll get like a 2-1 U.S. victory. 2-1. Okay. The one thing I want to see for the U.S., though, is I want to continue to see the outside backs getting up the field. I mean, we saw two assists against Cuba. Uh, Timmy Chan let a goal um, about a couple weeks ago in friendly. Um, I mean, like, I want to continue to see the outside backs getting forward. I think if the U.S. can continue to do that, combined with the outside wings, whether it be Zardes, Bedoya, get Dempsey involved, you know, the U.S., I'm going to say, Ivis, I'm going to say 3-1. 3-1. Kyle Beckerman, Michael That's Bradley. It. Kyle Beckerman. And, and Joe Corona off the bench. I'll tell you what. If the U.S. don't have any forward score goals, they're not going to win this game. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, okay. Can I have this? Um, I'm just, uh, just keeping it real, man. They're attack, they are going to need their forwards to score, to score goals in this game. Uh, and, and, if, and tell you what. If Kyle Beckerman is that far forward, uh, Jamaica is going to get them on the counter. That's why I think. i tell you what. No I think way. It's going to be Kyle Beckerman on a corner. <laughs> <laughs> all right no but now it, 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 this is going to be a tough game man i don't i by no means see this being an, a, an easy game or a game that the u.s is going to control comfortably they're not man i just don't see it i mean even if they put the even every if they every Concacaf game is very difficult there are no there are every victory is well earned so in this cuba. region I, I, besides Cuba, but, <laughs> but you know, but you, I mean, look, the teams that always make the hex, which is the same teams, I mean, each game is very contested. It's always very difficult for each opponent. No, I get that. I get that. But I just think Jamaica is a particular matchup that is going to cause problems. I think it is. I think I see Josh Barnes. I see Josh Barnes scoring a goal, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be 2-1. And if they're not careful, if the D, if Klinsman puts out that puts out Alvarado and Chandler again, if he puts those guys out again, I think I think Chandler will get run. I think Chandler. I think you're going to see Jamaicans taking turns working that side of the field to go at him. You know, Simon Dawkins, McEnough, Grant, Barnes, all those guys are going to be like me, me, me. I want to go at Timmy Chandler, and uh, until he steps up and shows he's ready to lock it down, I think he's going to be a target in this tournament. I think you just jinxed Timmy Chandler into having a good game. Against hey, Jamaica. we will. That's what he needs. That's what he needs because he hasn't been good enough up until this. And in the other quarterfinals game, you have Mexico taking on Panama. Panama, amazingly enough, they've advanced this far without winning any games. Um, Mexico, they haven't really impressed in the Gold Cup. So between these both teams, I mean, you, you could see Panama winning, but maybe you might give the edge to Mexico in this quarterfinals matchup. No, obviously, I think you have to give the edge to Mexico. Uh, they're they're going to be the favorite. Now, that being said... Panama has caused problems for for Mexico in the past. Uh, most recently, in the in the last Gold Cup, they eliminated Mexico. For those who forget, uh, obviously this is a little different story. Uh, Mexico, I think the, the reason I think I think Mexico is going to win this this match is because, as well as Panama has played, uh, I think the way they play and the way they want to play, I think it's going to work to Mexico's advantage from the standpoint of. Panama's really tried to play in this tournament. They're not a team that's been sit, that, that's like a sit back and counter team. They're a team that they try to be proactive. They try to control the game. They try to knock the ball around. They try to attack. And I think it's it's perfectly admirable for for Bolillo Gomez to want to do that. Uh, their manager 
But against Mexico, I just don't think they have the weapons to match up and go toe-to-toe against Mexico in that kind of game. So if you're Hernandario Gomez, you got to kind of know what you're going up against. And you got to adjust a little. So if Panama can adjust a bit, maybe not go all out attack, maybe get a little bit a little bit more conservative, um, they can definitely get be in this game. Because I'll tell you what, man, Mexico's defense is not good. It's not been good in this tournament and has looked vulnerable. Now, obviously, yes, they didn't give up a goal Costa Rica. The Costa Rica was very defensive-oriented in this game. Panama is going to obviously going to look for their chances. They're going to look to get Blas Perez and, and Luis Tejada going. Um, Gabriel Torres as well off the bench or as a starter if Blas Perez can't start. Uh, he, I believe he had a knock late in that game, which is why he didn't go uh, take the PK until the eighth PK, which he actually made. It was an ugly penalty, even though he, even he admits it. And by the way, I, I, we give Blas Perez a lot of uh, a stick in, on this show. We give him a lot of flack, but I, I, I've thought I've thought this since the first time I interviewed him back in 2007 at the Gold Cup. One of the nicest guys you'll ever talk to, like a sweetheart guy, totally nice guy, good guy, like very level-headed guy. But he's just one of these people who, when he's off the field, <laughs> I was, are you sure you're talking about Blas Perez here? I'm telling you, when he's one no of these one is going to believe you. No, no one will. It, listen, this is the fact. He is one of these guys who is an absolute saint off the field. Nice guy, like very like like you know very polite and just friendly. On the field, complete jerk. Will try to do anything they win. He will. He will. You know. He, he would. He would. I'm telling you. On the field, anything goes, and that's just how he plays. That's just how he's. That's what he's. How he's. That's his style. So you know what? I for me, I look. You know, I, I think people need to understand that, and that's how, we've seen that in sports, right? We've seen that in sports where, I mean, look at Kyle Breckman. Perfect example. Kyle Breckman, off the field, nice. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, right? On the field, he gets fiery, man. He's you see, you've seen him get red cards. You've seen him ready to throw down. You've seen that fire come out of him. So I mean, it happens. It happens. So I digress. <laughs> Panama, but, dude, Blas Perez is going to be the guy. Like twenty years from now, he's fifty years old. He'll still play pickup. And like, as soon as he's on the field, super intense. As soon as the game ends, it's all yeah. laughing and fun and games. It is. Yeah, he'll I mean, be like that the rest of his life. Now look, Blas Perez has caused problems for. For Mexico before, so we'll see. You know, will will uh, will he be the guy to to pull the upset? But I, you know what, it's gonna take a special effort from Panama to beat Mexico, in my opinion. I think they can do it, but I don't know, man. I just I think Mexico, I think Mexico's gonna get the job. Well, if you're looking to represent the U.S. or even Mexico as they look to win this year's Gold Cup, remember you can get 10% off. We partnered up with Soccer Loco. Enter SBI10 at SoccerLoco.com when you're ready to purchase all your stuff. You get 10% off your entire order. Iris, they have replica jerseys. They have cleats. They have T-shirts. They have scarves. Everything you need to represent your favorite team, club, anything you need, SoccerLoco.com. Absolutely, and if you happen to be going to any of the friendlies taking place across the country, uh, you know, obviously all the team, all, like I feel like almost every single top European team is in the U.S. right now. Uh, you got Barcelona, Chelsea, uh, PSG, uh, you know, a lot of te- Man United. Uh, a lot of these powerhouse teams are in the country right now playing friendlies. If you're planning to go out to check those teams out, you want to make sure you have some new gear. You know, you never know when you're going to have an opportunity to get an autograph. You, you want a guy to sign your new jersey. 
uh, and there you go. So if if you need a jersey, if you're looking for some for for, for the, the latest uh, you jer- uh, latest jerseys that are out, you're gonna want to check out Soccer Loco. Yes, remember it's ten percent off your entire order. Enter in SBI ten, SoccerLoco.com. All right, one thing before we move on and talk Major League Soccer. Ivis, it seems like someone has finally listened to me. I have power. <laughs> they bought you a Cosmo, perhaps the greatest moment of my entire life. Okay. Now, first of all, we got to clarify a few things here. It was a Cosmo, Ivis. I don't care it was what's not in a the Cosmo. drink. <laughs> Let me tell a story. Okay. As you all know, I when, I when I go on the road, I cover U.S. matches. I tend to try to make it out to the, uh, the American Outlaw night before parties. I like to... You know, meet meet the fans from around the country uh, that are in town to watch the U.S. play. It's always good to, to to run into people who either listen to the show, or you know, are readers of SBI, or readers of my work. So it's always cool to meet meet, meet those folks. Uh, you know, the people who you, you do this work for, they make the they make the work worthwhile. And uh, so, <laughs> of course, we're in Baltimore, and uh, one of our one of our listeners slash readers uh, buys me a drink. And it was a Jack and Ginger, but it was in a Cosmo glass. So, I mean, it's not a Cosmo. I don't, you know. And, I'm and, so disappointed. And, and before just, anything, just buy you hey, the listen, Cosmo. Because they know, you know what? Because I just got that kind of respect. You know what it is? You That's don't. What it is. That's it's the just, thing. Oh, my gosh. I do. Well, hey, well, there's, a, there's a reason that you've had more Cosmos bought for you than I've had for me. And it was supposed to be me that was supposed to get them. So that should tell you all you need to know. That's because you and made Kramer, me. <laughs> my man Kramer, who bought the drink, I appreciate it. Thank you very, very, very much. And uh, I enjoy, I quite enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, no, so hats off. But uh, you know what? I'm sure somebody will buy me a Cosmo eventually. And I'm good with it. It, 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 it's, it's a horrible a drink. It, it tasted I think it, so bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, really? I wouldn't order yeah. it, but you know what? I'll tell you what. The day that someone, <laughs> the day that someone orders me one, <laughs> I will drink it. I'll gladly drink it. I'll ch- I'll swig it. I'll, I'll. It'll be like it'll be gone in a second. But uh, you know what? It's uh, it, it'll be for me. It'll be a sign of respect. They listen to the show. They're enough of a fan of the show that they get this whole backstory of the Cosmo. I don't even know where uh, it started. Well, it's funny because I'm sure anyone who's kind of new to the show is listening right now. They're like, what the hell are people talking about? Long story short, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I go out, I meet, I meet readers and I meet fans. And, and occasionally they like to buy me a drink. And, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. Great. I mean, that's uh, it's an honor. And, uh, and so I'll gladly accept a drink. And, you know, no one, they usually buy me like a Jack and Coke or Jack and Ginger, which I drink. Uh, and, and Garrett made the joke that someone should buy me a Cosmo, and, and we've been waiting for that to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. It's been like a year and a half. I just want to feel like people listen to what I have to say. People listen. Hey, listen. People are always asking about you, Garrett, so don't you worry about that. Oh, people, really? Oh, people, thanks, Ivis. I needed that confidence booster. They want to know, you know, do I keep you in a cage? No, they don't. Uh, hey, people know your – I tell you what. People know about your wedding. People know. What? Yeah, people. I'm just. Listen, you don't realize how much info we give away on this. Dude, show. let me tell so, you, my wedding, dude. It's it's coming up here. I was fast. Clock fast. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you nervous? Are you nervous? No. <laughs> I think you're a little nervous. <laughs> dude, <it's laughs> you're just a little nervous. It's it's, it's coming fast, man. All right. Um, we need to talk major league soccer, Ivis. No more cosmos. No more weddings. Major league soccer. While we were away. Uh, we didn't do a show over the weekend. Major League Soccer announced the full all-star team. 22 players will be going to Denver to play against Tottenham in the all-star game. 
look, the reality is, Ivis, not everyone can make it. That's just the way it works. Can you point to the uh, commissioner's picks that Don Garber made and say maybe take those out as in people? Yes, you can say that. But overall, this is a pretty good team. Just by looking at it, we'll get into the guys who should have made it, but just, but just overall, Ivis, I mean, you just look at the midfield and the forward. I mean, just so many talented, quality players in this all-star team. No, it's. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough job, for uh, for whoever whoever just whoever picked this team. It wasn't an easy job. I know people will say, "Oh, wait a minute, didn't Pablo Mastroeni pick this team?" I have my questions about that, whether or not it was Mastroeni or whether or not it was actually league officials who picked this team. Hey, Drew Moore's there, man. Come on, Pablo picked this roster. I think he, I think he got his token pick out of it. I think they said, of course he did. Colorado's home; they have to have a player. Yeah, and you know, here the funny thing about that is. So you look at the when you first look at the roster, right? I guarantee you, a lot of people saw Drew Moore's name on it. And were like, "What, Drew Moore? What? That's what? That's terrible." Um, but then, like number one, you think, "Why not?" Ha-? Like any whatever team hosts the All Star Game, they should get a player. They should get of a player on All Star. That's like a gimme, right? That's like a given. Now, on top of that, if you happen to see the video. Of Drew Moore finding out he made the All-Star ga- uh, game. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I defy anybody to watch that video and still be adamant about him not being on it. So, I mean, basically, to sum it up, you know, th- they had him read the script of him thanking everybody for making the All-Star game. And he didn't know what he was about to read. So he reads it. He realizes that he's made the All-Star team. And he pretty much breaks down. I mean, it meant that much to him. I mean, to put a little context on it, I mean, he tore his ACL a year, less than a year ago. Uh, you know, obviously a real tough point for him. So for him to battle all the way back from that and get through that and then make the Oscar game, it meant, it means that much to him. And, I, I mean, it, it touched me, man. I, I, was, I watched that. I was like, okay, Drew, you can make the game. You can make the team. You can start. Like, you, all you, man, all you. You will not hear me criticize you being on the team oh it's definitely an awesome video um talking snubs ivis guys who sh- probably should have made this roster columbus crew fans look you get kai kamara which is awesome but let's be real ivis i mean there are a couple guys who should have made this like ethan finley for example i mean he, he should be in the all-star game that's a joke i'm sorry that's an absolute joke that he's not on this team and and he, he, he without question head and shoulders the guy clear-cut been the best winger in the league this year, right? I know you could, you know, Fabian Castillo's done great on the left wing, but I'm sorry, Ethan Finley's been unbelievable. He's got to make this team. That that's one, right? And I know DC United fans are going to sit there and say, "How in the heck do we have the most points in the league, and we don't have anybody on this team?" And it basically comes down to Bill Hamid would have been your guy. Bill Hamid was the leading, from my understanding, from what I've been told, Bill Hamid was the leading vote getter among goalkeepers. But obviously, he's injured now. He just had surgery, so that right there, that costs you your guy if you're D.C. Um, did they have other guys that were deserving? I think definitely Bobby Boswell. You could definitely make a case for him. But even in terms of central defenders, he's not even the most egregious snub for me. For my money, Kendall Waston of Vancouver. I mean, come on, guys. This He, he and Omar Gonzalez, for my money, have been in a different category from everybody else in the league through the first half of the season. They have been a clear cut for me, the two best center backs in the league. And for him not to make it, that was unfortunate. And another Vancouver guy who you could definitely have thrown some mention at is is Matias Lava. Uh, obviously, it's always tough with defensive midfielders, uh, unless you're like a high profile guy on a, on a on a popular team. 
Uh, or you know, if you're a national team guy, like a Kyle Breckerman, obviously Osvaldo Orlando is well-known. But I'm sorry, for me, Matias Lava has been been unbelievable for Vancouver. I think he's he's won. Uh, so those are the he ones pay, that stand out. There, there were others. Pay Kitchen, were. pay Kitchen could also make this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, you could see that. I mean, I would take Lava over Kitchen right now based on the first 20 games, of the season, first half of the season. Mm. But, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, DC's got the most points in the league, they should have a guy. Yeah, he could be the guy you could put on there. But again, central midfield, you're already putting in Gerard and Lampard, log jamming the middle with guys who shouldn't be in the game. So from that standpoint, you know, it makes things a little tougher. It does. And it's, you know, always going to be unfortunate that some players just can't make the roster. It's just, it's, it's just unfortunate. Um, maybe if a deal can be done with uh, Didier Drogba, Ivis, maybe he can be added to the all-star team. Chicago Fire, Montreal Impact, they're talking to him right now. Um, look, we've, we've gone down this path before with Drogba maybe coming over to Major League Soccer. I mean, is there any actual truth to this this time? Or is it just, once again, just rumors? Oh, no. There's truth to the fact that uh, there are multiple teams interested in him and multiple offers. have And, and an offer has been made, uh, from what my sources have told me, uh, he's looking at a $2.65 million a year offer. Uh, the Chicago Fire were the front runners, uh, and, but apparently now the Montreal Impact are in the conversation. Uh, Joey Saputo, their owner, uh, apparently went public yesterday, on Monday. And and made and and made it clear he had had he had conversations with with Drogba, uh, so now Drogba's apparently look at that looking at that possibility. And I gotta say, man, if you're the Fire, right, Chicago Fire, and you miss out on Drogba and he goes to Montreal after you lost out on Jermaine Jones, at that point you got to start saying, what the hell? What's going on here? Why, why can't we get our guys? Why are we, you know, dealing with this when, when you know we had we had our sights on him first. We made a claim for him. We, you know, we we put the bid in first. Um, and again, it's always with these crazy MLS rules. You never know kind of what dictates how it works out. Who gets it? Are we going to have a? As I think someone on Twitter, I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe Charlie Bohm. Uh I think it was like Blind Drogba. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty decent. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I would like to see Drogba in the league. Uh, Chicago. I feel like they already have a lot of forwards. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. Yeah, know they have a lot gonna... of forwards, but they don't have a lot of forwards that can score. No, obviously, oh. yeah. I mean, Kennedy, Abo, and Ike is not Didier Drogba even now. Um, but you know, Montreal, man, you put Drogba on Montreal, that team starts looking really dead dangerous because they already. I feel like they have the other pieces to to, to make themselves a pretty. pretty they they're already almost. I think they're they like I've said they're gonna. I think they're gonna make a push for a playoff spot. They might fall short, but if they get a Drogba, that could be the total difference that gets them in the playoffs. Also around the league, David Beckham and his ownership group have finally picked a spot for their new stadium in Miami. The kicker to this is that David Beckham's business partner, Simon uh, Fuller, one time called the spot next to the Marlins Stadium spiritually tainted. But at this point, I was, there's not many options left. They have a stadium in place, still a lot to work out. But hey, at least we have a location finally picked out. Yes, sir. At this point, it's not a done deal yet, but it sounds like they're now open to considering uh, a location that they wouldn't have cons- that they didn't they didn't seem open to considering before. And if that brings them closer to a deal, then you got to feel good because you know what it ha- it wasn't looking good for Miami, and it's still at this point they're not in the clear yet. But I think once we as we always say, 
until you see shovels in the mm-hmm. ground, you really can't get too crazy about it. So there's still some hoops to go through. There's still some political, uh, you know, political mm-hmm. gymnastics that are going to have to take place. But and, it sounds like some progress is being made. And the University of Miami is also trying to latch onto this deal too, which I'm sure that will delay it even further. This just it's, it's, it still seems like a long way to go. Yes. Very long, Ivis. Who get the stadium first? New York City Football Club or Miami? Who will play in it first or who will build it? Who will start building it? That's a good question. <coughs> um, hmm. I don't know. That's, yeah, who will it's start construction one, first man. and who will actually it's play the first t- game? That is a tough question because, man, hmm. you know what? I'm going to say NYCFC. I see NYCFC is playing in the building before Miami. Not because it, look, it's tough. It's obviously tough to, to get a, to get a stadium built in the area in New York area, but I just feel like NYCFC's owners have the money, and once they get a sniff of a real possibility, they're going to do what they have to do to make it happen. I could be totally wrong on Miami. If, you know what? Maybe Miami puts some shovels in the ground before the end of this year, and then they're looking at a twenty a potential twenty seventeen launch. So. Uh, it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. Talk to me in a week. Talk to me. When we have a little bit clearer picture about Miami, I might I might have to change my pick to Miami. And Orlando City made a trade sending Amobi Akugo to Sporting Kansas City. And uh, and for Kansas City, obviously, I mean, this looks like a fairly good pickup for them. That's a midfield depth. The guy can also play um, on the back line for them. I think this is a pretty good trade for Sporting Kansas City. No question. Uh, I thought it was a steal. Uh, obviously, you know, you look at it and you say, how can it be a steal when you're picking up a guy who's making, you know, $300,000 a year? Um, I think it's a steal because from from what I've been told and what I've already reported, uh, Sporting KC is going to get some cap relief in the deal as well. They're going to they're going to have Orlando City uh, pick up 100000 in in salary in a Kugo salary in each of these next two years, this year and next year. So that's cutting into the impact that Akuga is going to have on Sporting KC salary budget. Um, and they get, they get a player who gives them depth at a, a multiple multiple spots. And center like let's face it, center back, since Cycle Power went down, they've really been kind of thin at the center back position. Kevin Ellis, credit to him, he's done pretty well uh, filling in as a central defender. But I'll tell you what, man, if you're asking me to choose between Kevin Ellis and Moby Akugo as a center back, I'm going to go with Moby Akugo. And I think... I think, uh, you know, Peter Ramiz sees him as eventually his starter. You put, I tell you what, Akugo and Beasler together as central defenders, you're talking about easily the best passing center back tandem in the league, bar none. So I think that could work out well. He can also play in the midfield. He can give you depth as a defense, either one of the defensive midfield slots for them. Uh, so he just gives you so much. And Peter Ramiz has a track record. Of of using depth well, of rotating players, keeping players fresh. So Akuga is going to get his games, and his presence is going to allow other players uh, to stay fresh, keep fresh. Now, let's not forget a year ago with the the nightmare uh, injury uh, plague that the Casey that Sporting Casey had defensively. Obviously, it carried over into this year with Michael Power going down with an with an Achilles. But I just think it's a great trade. Now, as far as Orlando City, I'll say two things. I want to say first of all. Little golf clap, little golf clap to Orlando City for being willing to trade because for, for for far too long, MLS was like stagnant because teams are just afraid to pull the trigger on trades. So we just wouldn't see a ton of trades. Orlando City has just been wheeling and dealing since day one. 
uh, Adrian Heath, Paul McDonough, they are not afraid to pull the trigger. They love to trade, and it's great, and they've made some good deals. They got Corey Ash. I thought that was a shrewd pickup. And now this trade, let's face it, they had other options in central midfield, which is where Okugo was playing, where they had him pegged to be playing. They had Dar- Darwin Seren has really become a re- revelation for them. Christian Higita has obviously been very good for them. Harrison Heath, uh, Adrian Heath's son, has shown himself to be a decent option there as well. So they were covered, so they didn't need a Kugo. So they turn around, they trade him, they're going to get a bit of cap relief this uh, this time around. They also get Servando Carrasco, who gives them a little bit of depth, Miss, uh, Mr. Alex Morgan. Um, so you know what? <laughs> For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Casey's the winner on this, but... I totally get why Orlando did it, and you know I, I don't have a problem with it for either side. And we just want to remind everyone that you're, if you're looking to gear up and rep your favorite team this upcoming fall season for all the teams in Europe, remember you get 10% off your entire order when you go to SoccerLocal.com, enter an SBI 10 at the cart window, 10% off. Also, if you play... An adult league, if you're a, a youth player listening to the show, you're going back to college, you probably need some new cleats. They have cleats there, tons of cleats, Nike, Adidas, every brand you can think of. Remember, SoccerLoco.com, 10% off your entire order when you enter an SBI 10. Speaking of Alex Morgan, she unfortunately has had to have surgery. She's going to be out for the next uh, three to four weeks. But the good news, Ivis, is history was made. Very cool that she will now be on the cover of the North American version of FIFA when it comes out for the next season. She's up there with Messi. I mean, dude, I thought it was so cool to see Alex Morgan on the cover of the new FIFA game. And, uh, hey, interesting decision. Although I, I have a bone to pick with this decision. I have a bone to pick. How do you not put Carly Lloyd on the cover? She's the hero of the World Cup. Ivan, stop it. You know, who, you, know who's, you know who sells, Jersey, you know who brings baby. in the money. It's all about New Jersey. Put no, the Jersey not. girl on the cover. Stop cheating her out of her glory she was the hero give her the glory enough of, you know what alex morgan no, stop player. it you know who sells tickets Abst- what? listen no one is spending 60 dollars to buy fifa because of who's on the cover i'm sorry i don't care what anybody says but for me if you ask me i'm who not talking fifa cover. i'm talking when the u.s plays games i mean come on alex morgan is unquestionably, after Abe Wambach retires, I mean, the marketing face uh, of the U.S. women's team. What are we, we were talking about the FIFA game. We're yes, talking about the and FIFA that's why she's on the FIFA cover. And then, then I, no, the FIFA game mm. is a whole other thing. FIFA, for me, the FIFA cover should be about great players. And Alex Morgan's a great player, yes. But we just had the World Cup. Carly Lloyd just, just destroyed the World Cup. She just bossed the World Cup. Just clutch goals, goals, hat-trick in the final. Put her on the cover. Alex Morgan has plenty of time to be on a cover. Put Carly Lloyd mm, no. on the cover. I don't want to hear about... You're thinking, you're thinking just, too literal about this. This well, is the no, first year no. where... Look, look, FIFA is the first time when they're including women's teams in FIFA. Come on. They want to market to female <laughs> soccer players. Alex Morgan is a recognizable face. That's come Oh, on. that's why. Oh, is that well, why? I mean, uh, come on, no, let's, man. Let's keep it real now. We know why. We, she made the cover because she's pretty. Because she's marketable. Yes, she's, Not, she's but, the marketing face of the U.S. right now, team. right now, for FIFA 16, right now, who belongs on the cover more? Yes, I agree, Carly, Carly Lloyd. Lloyd. Yes, but, Lloyd. but, but we don't, we don't that, live in that world, that, though. That's all I'm saying, Carly Lloyd. That's like saying, oh, well, you know, forget having Messi on the cover. Let's put Ronaldo on the cover. He's, you know, he's the, the, the poster boy. He's, got, he's the pretty boy. Let's put him on. Is that, is that, would that make sense? 
No, Messi's a bigger player than Ronaldo is. Carly Lloyd's a bigger player than Alex Morgan is right now. Yes. Uh, okay. You and I I'm will sorry. argue this to the end of time. I'm letting my jersey bias get I know you are. I know you but are. Listen, how do we argue it, though? Carly Lloyd. I know. I agree. But, dude, Alex Morgan is the marketing face, the though. the queen of American soccer right now. I, I, all okay, hail, Ivis, all Ivis, Carly Ivis, I guarantee if you went up to random people and showed them pictures of Alex Morgan and Carly Lloyd, more people would pick out Alex Morgan. And none of them would buy FIFA because she's on the call. But, but FIFA is now, uh, try, look, <laughs> they're talking to a new demographic, Ivis, okay? Alex no Morgan's one's buying it because of who's on the cover. So put the person on the mm. cover who deserves the cover, mm. not okay. who, you know. Mm. Mm, I think you're no, you're wrong on this one, man. You nah, I, it's not, it's my opinion. I'm not. Yeah, no, your opinion is. <laughs> it's not about it's, wrong. It's a bad. It's, it's a horrible opinion. Why? It's horrible that I think the best player should be on the cover at the time that she's the best player. It's really come on. It's come on. Okay. So you're telling me what the most marketable person should be on the cover? Yes, that's dude. Not the best it's, player. It, yes, um, that's. I'm not, sorry. So, that's the reality. So let's go find the prettiest girl in the entire women's national team pool. And put her on the cover. That's not true. Alex Morgan's a quality player to begin with. Yeah, but she's not. She's coming off. In, she had an injury. She didn't do much in the World Cup. Yeah, she is. But but. With Julie Johnson on the cover. There you go. She had a great World Cup. And yeah, see, but then that'd be considered being Arizona Homer. I don't want to do that, Ivis. We're trying well, to avoid just, my well, Arizona so, owner is, no, Homer. No, I'm just saying. You, you want marketable and you want a good player. I know, but like, Alex Morgan is still the face, though. I mean, look, 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 look. Oh, so look, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Slow down. What are at, you telling me now? At the ESPYs, who had the front row seats at the ESPYs? Who had the front row seats at the ESPYs? Abby Wambach, right? Hope Solo, and Alex Morgan. There you go. Because they know what sells. They're the marketing faces. I get that they're the marketing faces. And I am telling you that for the purposes of FIFA 16, the game, and, w- and what being on the cover should symbolize, and what it hit. When, what it has normally symbolized for men, the men that have been on that cover, it's been about great players. It hasn't been about marketable. I mean, it, it, market, it's a factor in it, but usually it's a great player or, or a great player from like a region. I would see the regional part. You know, you're going to you want to put the top Mexican player on the cover to sell games in Mexico or, you know, vi- uh, vice versa, any of the countries. You, you're going to put the star player from that country on. the. But it's usually the star player. It's not. Oh hey, who's done TV shows? I know, shows but, but this is but they're having the women's soccer in the game for I the first like time. I feel like there's I I feel that there is a what's what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Double standard. There's a double standard between the criteria for men getting on this cover and women on this cover. Mm. So for me, the fact that the woman who like missed a lot of this World Cup didn't play a ton of this World Cup didn't have and if you were ranking players and their impacts on this World Cup for the U.S. women. That won it all. Would she make? Where would she rank in the top ten of uh, overall impact? She'd be in the bottom, bottom, bottom half. Would she even be in the top ten? Mm. Barely. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe top. Think. One, two. Maybe top. She may be in the top ten. So she barely makes the top ten of uh, all she's, American players. That how they maybe like I'd say she's maybe like eight, nine. Eight, eight nine. nine. So eight, nine gets on the cover over number one unquestioned hero of the World Cup. Boss lady hat trick. Okay, stop, stop with your jersey homerism. Okay, <laughs> I'm just cutting the short eyes. Listen, folks, if you're listening to this. You tell me in the comments, am I wrong for 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 feeling believing that Carly Lloyd belongs on the cover? Okay, well, in the comments, then just say that you agree with me that uh, that it's all marketing ploy. 
That's all it is. I I agree. I know what it's about, but I'm not talking about what it's about. I'm talking about what it should be. Well, of course, what it should be, but it never is what it's gonna should be. That's just the reality. Well, then you but then you agree with me. Then Do you agree with me that she should be on the cover. No, sorry, Alex Morgan should be on the cover no matter what. You're crazy. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're, you, you're no. not even like a, a like your whatever your brain is completely absorbed by marketing filters and not by the true pure. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I I, I work sport. in marketing, Ivis. I'm for the man. But you I'm should know that. I'm Garrett, the marketing guy. I'm not asking Garrett, the marketing guy, what he thinks. I'm asking Garrett, the soccer guy, what he does. That guy exist? If that guy exists. Ask, I want to ask that guy who he thinks should be on the cover. That guy doesn't exist anymore. Uh, thank I was, you. I've been, transf- I've thank been transformed you. by the man. I was, what do you want it. from me? Yes. My free, now, liberal, social ways. Look at I work for the man. I get engaged. <laughs> Ivis, my life is in ruin. Do you see what happens here? What happened? I'm I used to, to serve tables you. for a living. I'm trying to that help was you good time. I'm trying to help you recapture your love of the sport. That's never going to happen and again, And it Ivis. starts with removing these marketing filters. Yeah, It's not going to happen. There you go. All right, one final thing we need to talk about before we wrap up the show. English comedian Simon Brodkin went to an official FIFA press conference. During the press conference, he walked up to Seth Blatter, handed him some money. He got escorted off, threw some money in the air, made it rain on Seth Blatter, who looked as if he touched the money. He would have melted instantly on the spot. Um, I mean, look, this guy Simon Ivis, we've seen videos in the past of him trying to do things around football, getting on planes, getting on the pitch, things like that. Um, but to come into a FIFA meeting to do that, I mean, that, that, that takes some big balls right there. Nah, there was, it was great. Uh, and props to the photographers who captured the moment. And I tell you what, those, the, hey, ha, golf clap. Golf clap to the, photo- the FIFA press room photographers. Because these are the same guys who captured that unforgettable image of Seth Blatter walking into the light. And now they captured the images of Set Bladder making it rain or having it rain on him. That was unbelievable. And uh, and it allowed me to have one of the, my tweet of the day, which was, you know the saying, you know how the saying goes, there's no Sep in the champagne room. Oh! oh you probably don't even get that, joke. I get it. Get I know what that is. That's Chris what Rock. Is? That's a Chris Rock song, No Sex in the Champagne yes, Room. Yes, thank you. I'm not that young. I, I don't know what you know, man. When was that? That was like 90... You were like five. I was in high school. I think I was in middle school, so I was at least like 99, 98, I'd say. Yes. So I thought that it was hilarious. I did. I did like Seth Blatter's uh, comments afterwards. We went to the podium. We have. What he's. I can't. I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but something lines up. There's no place for money here. We have to clean up this mess. I. I, I can't remember what exactly he said. I'm butchering <laughs> it right now. He starts to shove it in his pockets. Oh my gosh! It was. There is no place for this money in FIFA. In this FIFA conference room. It was, oh my God. And my the, the, my favorite is if you watch the video, when the money's thrown up in the air, you see him too. Like, he like brings his hand in and tries to like move out of the way of the he money. Was just it old, was, he was just trying to hold himself back from his natural reaction, which was to grab it all. Oh, come like, on, he, Ivis. You know he, he didn't. Started, you know he never actually touched the money. Come on, man. He was just starting to flail away at it. I thought he was going to pull out, he was going to pull out a, like, a, like a butterfly net and just start catching it all. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous! Oh, by the way, no sex in the champagne room, 1999. Yes, YouTube it for anyone who hasn't heard it. It's a classic. It is a pretty good song. It is. It's catchy. It is it's very catchy. good. It's not very true, but it's catchy. All right, Ivis. With that, we've uh, we've hit the end of the show. Before we wrap up, uh, is there anything that we missed? 
think that's it, man. I think we, uh, you know, we we covered the Gold Cup. We, uh, no, you know, <laughs> wait a minute. You know what we didn't do? What's that? Oh, my Lord. I guess we're not going to do it. Uh, apologies to everybody. We did not recap the, the weekend MLS action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I did notice that, and I thought to myself, eh. Uh, yeah, what can you say? Let's try to sum up MLS Week 20 uh, in as, as few words as possible. Unfortunately, apologies to everybody, but, hey. Gold Cup takes precedent. U.S. national team takes precedent. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Here's, here's what we'll sum it up as. Colorado is routes. now the a team to beat in Major League Soccer. Settle Look down. out. They're making the playoffs. Three-game winning streak. They defeated. I mean, hello, the Seattle Sounders. I mean, come on, Ivis. The Sounders, Colorado. Dude, we don't even need to talk any other teams. Colorado is Major League Soccer right now. Here's my speed round for you. Real quick. Okay. Uh LA Galaxy look unstoppable. The Columbus crew are on their way back now that they have Will Trap, two wins in a row. Javinko still the man. What were all the fans thinking not voting him in? New England <laughs> finally wins a match. Sasha Kleshton is a diver, but he's still a pretty damn good player. Sporting KC, best points per game in the league. FC Dallas is red hot now in the summer. RSL with my man, assistant coach Daryl Shore, in place of Jeff Kassar, posting the 2-0 win. RSL, they could start turning it around. Portland, Vancouver, Timbers can't be happy, settling for a point, even though they didn't play that great. But still, uh, Vancouver, quietly, great season. And there you go. That was perhaps the cleanest review you've ever done. We're gonna just, that's what we're going to do for now on. Huh? We're going to do speed round, speed round <laughs> recaps. Ninety percent sure, ninety-five percent sure than they used to be. I just want to point out, Ivis. Colorado's only eight points out of the final spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Never going to catch anybody. And they got they got a game in hand on Portland, who's in the sixth spot. They're not catching Portland. Portland just signed a designated player. <laughs> Who cares? We look at DC. They don't need. To, come on, DPs don't do anything. <laughs> good ones do, and they just signed what I think is a good one. So. And and look at and again, you can't just look at there's three teams ahead of them. So they need four teams minimum to collapse and then Colorado can make the playoffs. Four teams. Not gonna happen. Why can't you just buy into the hype? No, look, you know what? I will say this. It's good that Colorado is making a game of it or making a a, a season of it because you don't want to keep seeing them look lifeless. So they've won three in a row. Maybe maybe Pablo Mastroni is starting to figure things out. Obviously, some you know their recent summer signings have, have stepped in and done well. Obviously, Kevin Doyle, they're going to hope he can you know keep it going and he can start to be the guy they need as the, as that lead striker. But I don't know, man. The West is so tough. The West is stacked. The West is stacked. FC Dallas is rolling. Uh, I mean, L.A. Seattle. Okay, I know people in Seattle are freaking out. Uh, you know, no Dempsey, no Martins. They haven't been scoring goals. Marco Papa gets a DUI. We didn't even talk about that. Marco Papa just got a DUI, so he's going to be suspended (coughs) while he undergoes evaluation, treatment, and is away from the game for a while. Obviously, CJ Sapong went through that earlier in the year. He came back and couldn't stop scoring. So you know what? Maybe this is an opportunity for Marco Papa for some some uh, self-actualization, some some kind of introspection, and maybe he comes back and, and just takes it to another level. But Seattle is struggling. Uh, but right now, L.A. and I'll tell you what, L.A. and Sporting Kansas City, those are going to be the top two teams when all is said and done, in my opinion, just looking at the moves that they're already starting to make. 
Look, I, I want to believe in Sporting Kansas City, but when you just look at L.A. and the roster that they have, Ivis, I, there's just not a weak spot in their starting 11 at all. They have extra players. They, I mean, it's unbelievable. Geo, Gerard, uh, Keane. I mean, we, we, I mean and, and we just talk about the forwards and midfielders. Gonna... We don't talk about the defense. Robbie Rogers is quality. Omar Gonzalez, A.J. De La Garza, Dan yeah, Gargan, my man. Dan Gargan, best player in the galaxy. They don't, they don't really have extra. If Omar Gonzalez gets hurt, they're screwed. oh yeah, they're they're, they're a little. They weak, have extra you know. in the attack. I can tell you what yeah. they can, you can have Jesse Zardes on the bench for that team. That's how deep they are. Crazy, crazy as it sounds, it is crazy. But there you go, man. FC Dallas, four in a row, four in a row for FC Dallas. Not too bad, not too shabby. That's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, Davis. With that, anything else we need to discuss before I let you go for the week? think we got it all. And I'm heading to Atlanta in three hours unless I miss. And, of course, you haven't flight. packed yet. I haven't packed. Yeah, I haven't yeah. slept. I was, uh, I was in New York. I was, uh, you know, doing my thing, interviewing. Uh, I was interviewing a player for a story that will be coming out soon. Can't say anything more than that. Uh, we're working my connections, trying to stay on top of things, trying to keep my scoop game strong, uh, letting all those writers out there know I'm coming for your beats and your scoops. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you no, can't come for the Arizona beat, dude. I have that. That's mine. <laughs> Listen, man. You. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not I, I have. It's it's 4 a.m. So I, I'm liable to say anything right now. So I'm going to keep quiet. I don't want anyone. Listen. Apparently, people already think I'm super arrogant and cocky. And, and you are. I'm not. Yes, I'm you just are. East Coast guy. That's how we are. Mm. But I'm no more arrogant than your average East Coast guy, in my opinion. You're the, see, I always tell people you're the type of guy. You're so Jersey. You're like the. Keep it in the family. That's my that's my that's my <laughs> mafia voice. I, I don't know, man. I like to think I'm a pretty humble guy. You are, but you know, you keep it in the family. You're like that. You're loyal. I'm loyal. Take the I'm compliment. Nice. Thank you. I I'll, as I always say, I'm nice until it's time to not be nice. That's true. There you go. That's true. That's true. All right, I was. <laughs> you need to pack because I know you're not going to pack till the last freaking second. So I'm going to let you go. Enjoy Atlanta, and I'll talk to you after the U.S. Uh, defeats Jamaica and moves on to the finals of the Gold Cup. Yes, sir. And for the you folks going to Atlanta, if I happen to make it to this AO party the night before party on a Wednesday, on Tuesday, buy me a coffee because I don't, I, I may not have slept between now and then. Maybe two hours on the plane. It's going to be a hell of a. Does someone days. buy him a Cosmo? I mean, let's just oh, end this. We need to end this. All right. I'm going to buy myself a Cosmo and pretend. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't Take count. a picture, and then you can be happy. <laughs> that, that doesn't, no, it doesn't count. doesn't count. Ivis, safe travels. I'll talk to you later, right, man? Sounds good. As always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views, the comments. That is Ivis Blarsev. I am Karen Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.